the Off The Ball Podcast Network. Hello and welcome. I'm Cleena Foley and this is Off The Bench, a women's sport podcast which we hope will entertain and educate sports fans of all ages and genders. You can find all our previous episodes on iTunes or on offtheball.com. They've got a new app actually which makes it very easy. You go into their podcast section and you find the series link for Off The Bench there and you'll get all our previous episodes there. We're a bit periodic at the moment due to COVID. Um, I won't bore you with the reasons but uh, we'll try and get back to our more regular schedule which used to be twice a month um, up until up until COVID hit us for six so we're still committed to that and trying to bring you stories and people that matter in women's sport and today uh, is no exception in the past week Anne Heaton has become president of Connacht Rugby she's the first woman to hold such a role in an Irish rugby province so we're delighted to talk to her today welcome to Off the Bench Anne. Thanks Cleena thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, first of all, congratulations. Um, were you surprised? You've made history, obviously, by becoming the president of an Irish rugby province. Were you surprised at the reaction? I was, I have to say. Uh, I mean, I knew it, it, being the first woman would create a bit of a buzz, but uh, I've been a bit overwhelmed by all of the reaction uh, involved. I suppose rugby is still such a male-oriented sport that it's, it's still a bit of a rarity. Um, and what's the nicest thing that the nicest reaction you got? What was the thing that really touched you most? The headmaster from my old secondary school uh, reached out to my family over the weekend to say they were so proud and so delighted uh, that I'd reached a position like this. So somebody, you know, who I'd, I'd dealt with or I'd been in school with, you know, 30 odd years ago. Lovely. Uh, where still, was that? Still recognizing was, me was that in Ballinrobe or where was it? Was, no, that was in Turmicady, uh in County Mayo. So it was really, really, really sweet. And um, I mean, go back that far and tell me, what was your experience of sport in school? And would you have ever had an opportunity to play rugby when you were younger? No, rugby wasn't really a women's game then. Uh, in school, it would have been uh, would have been hockey, basketball just your, your regular kind of activities at the time. I can't say I'd ever been particularly sporty. Um, I would have would have enjoyed the, the, the odd game of, of hockey or whatever, but um, whether I would have actually gotten involved in, in playing women's rugby because it was so, so different then. Um, there were very few teams. Um, there wasn't really an opportunity to get involved, but I think it's a sport I, I might've enjoyed if I'd gotten a chance to play. So how do you find yourself, 30, over 30 years later, how do you find yourself as president of one of the four provinces in Ireland? I suppose it, it all started um, from home, really. My dad was very interested in rugby. I mean, coming from Mayo, that was unusual. It would have been mainly GAA background. But uh, for some reason, he always, he always had a great interest in rugby. And three of my four brothers played rugby for our local club, Ballinrobe. So there was always rugby being talked about around the house and I started going to the games and enjoyed the games um, and then got involved with the local club. Um, domestic rugby volunteers are always needed. Yeah. So um, I started to get involved and got, got roped in then on different, different levels and I suppose it just kind of snowballed from there. 
I saw in an interview um, in the Irish Times that you did with Lindsay, Lindy McKenzie, you said, um, she, she pointed out that you were the first woman, I think, to, to go on a board of any kind in Connacht 30 years ago. Tell us about that. I think so. Um, I would have been the, the, the delegate from our local club to the Connacht branch. So what would have happened is there would have been monthly meetings and every club would have sent a delegate meeting, just kind of updates on domestic rugby and everything that was happening around the province. So at the time, I would have been the only the only female face around the table. You're you're the Thankfully only woman. You're literally, you're the only woman in the room at that stage. Um, and I often hear other women say, "Oh, they're intimid They were intimidated by that, or they lacked confidence in that." Um, what were your feelings when you walk into a room like that and you were the only woman? And you know, did you have mentors, or was it all down to you? I suppose it was down to myself, really, but the difference with rugby is that because you're playing all the other kind of local clubs around Connacht regularly, you know the people involved. So it was different to walking into a room of, say, 20 strangers. You know, I would have known probably 80, 85 percent of the people in the room and they were very welcoming. You know, yeah. delighted to see somebody somebody new getting involved. So you weren't a stranger to them, in other words, yeah. And, and, um, and how no. high had you gone in terms of your own club administration then? You became the Connacht Delegate, obviously. I became the Connacht Delegate and then I was involved with the Connacht branch itself. Um, I was chairperson of the Supporters Club at the time when the uh, Connacht was, was in danger of being disbanded. Yeah. I took a break then from kind of the administrative stuff when I set up my own business. Um, I didn't up on my plate kind of then around 2005 and then came back to it again after probably about two or three years and got involved in the disciplinary side of things with, with Connacht. And so I should point out, you're, well yeah, you're, you're, you're a solicitor, you run your own practice in Claremorris and Galway, and right behind you in your office, I can see there's an Irish jersey, <laughs> presumably <laughs> signed and framed up behind you there. Um, what, 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 what took you back, if you like? Because a lot of people find administration um, difficult, challenging. Um, you know, they say, oh, it's too much bother. What, what brought you back to it? I suppose I was asked to get involved again. And the disciplinary committee was something that appealed to me. It was, um, you know, when you've got players who've got red cards to decide, decide their fate. And at the time, Connacht wanted somebody with a legal background yeah. just to be just to sit on the committee you know to kind of advise as things came up um so i got got back into that then and then took over as chairperson of that it's interesting it's interesting that you say somebody asked you though Anne, and and that's it that interests me mm -hmm. because um i in recent discussions and in, in all the research we find we find that often women women need to be asked sometimes they won't volunteer because they don't have the confidence do you think you would have gone back if you hadn't been asked I probably would have gone back in some form, um, but the request came at a time when you know I was ready, ready to go back, and the business was on a, a an even enough footing that I could I could go back and give it give it a bit more time again. Right, um, and in that same interview with Irish Times, you did say it took perseverance into your position where you are now. What did you mean by that? I suppose initially when I got involved. Um, with with Connacht, it wasn't that difficult because it would have known me from going to games and and from being a delegate. Um, 
I became secretary of the the Connacht Juniors team, which again is a you know kind of a domestic domestic fixture between the four provinces. And at that level, again, I was an oddity as a woman. You know, there weren't the only women that were involved would have been physiotherapists, uh, whereas I was secretary to that team. So at that point, you you know you do not you know, people look at you and kind of well what's what's your one doing there kind of thing. Um, so you do have to persevere. You can't just react. You know, you 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 trust that people will realise that you know you know what you're talking about. You have a genuine interest, and um, that, you know just a bit a bit of perseverance, a bit of patience until people get to know you. And did you ever face uh, direct opposition or, or any comments that sort of made you take a step back and thought, oh, this is going to be harder than I thought it was going to be? There would have been a couple of comments along the way. Um, nothing that I suppose they didn't expect, really. Um, and certainly nothing that would have made me um, step back and think, was, was it worth continuing with? You know, it's just, I think back then even it, it was it was different in that you kind of took things more in your stride um and i suppose being 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 again being the the only woman in the room a lot of the time you just get used to it you know and you don't comments or or remarks or somebody questioning your ability doesn't really phase you you know well, you <laughs> well you're a lawyer you're trained to be you're you're, you're trained to be well, detached it. i guess yeah <laughs> What, but what was the worst yeah, of them like? And that would have helped. And what, and what would what would the one that would have hit you worst? I suppose it would have been you know you'd you'd hear comments kind of not not directed at you direct you know but you know God you know what what what's your one doing here you know that yeah. type of just dismissive attitude you know because it was such a new thing, but it didn't. And there was nothing really nothing. It wasn't anything to put you off, clearly. Um, and tell us about the progression then. So you you were secretary to the Connacht Junior Team, and then from where then did you go? Uh, then I would have, after that, I would have gone to the um, supporters club, uh, chairing that, and then take a break and then come back to disciplinary committee. Right. And you were vice president. Once you got that vice president, did that mean you automatically would become president? Uh, it's pretty much guaranteed, barring any major major upset. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a three year progression: junior vice president, senior vice president, and then you become president. So, I mean, I've had two years already to get used to the idea and to kind of learn the ropes, which is definitely. And what does president mean? What will it involve for you more than what you've been doing up until now? Uh, I suppose in in normal times it would have meant you know traveling with the team everywhere that they, they would have gone, you know, you would have hosted visiting clubs, um, presidents and, and committees from, from the various different clubs. Um, you also sit on the, the kind of board, so you're involved in board meetings and uh, you're part of, of, of the whole business of Connacht at this level. Um, I suppose on a more basic level, it's down to presenting trophies at under 13 games and <laughs> officiating at that type of thing, attending funerals, <laughs> all, all yeah. those kind of things. 
Yeah. And so um, is in there... Pre-COVID times. Pre-COVID times would have changed a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I heard you say as well, you don't want to be a figurehead. And we very often associate presidents with, you know, figurehead. It's a kind of a, you know, in, in traditional, traditionally, historically, I think in sports, it's always like it's a job for somebody who's done lots of work. And then, you know, it's a, it's a, if you like, it's a recognition of it, if you like. But you said you don't want to be a figurehead. So what would you like to achieve? I suppose it's not so much the the presidency uh, that I didn't want to be a figurehead. I didn't want to be kind of, a, you know, the token female. You know, that right. the, the, the idea was that, you know, Connacht had just appointed a female because it hadn't been done before and that it was just a figurehead in that way. Um, I suppose in terms of presidency, it is pretty much the way you described it there. You know, it's it's recognition for the the work you've put in to date and you know your involvement. And um, that, so, I suppose the figurehead is slightly. I'm viewing it from a slightly different point yes. of view. Yeah. As not Can being you a female fi figurehead? Yes. You've already obviously been in positions where you could affect policy, and I wondered. Um, uh, how how many other women do you meet in Irish rugby across the provinces? I know, for example, um, Leinster definitely have a female vice president on there at the moment. They do. Yeah, she will be senior vice president at the moment, so she will be president next year. That's Debbie Carty. She'll be president next year. And then, in terms of Connacht itself, in terms of women on the executive or in executive positions or even in board positions, are there many now? How has it changed, really, I suppose I'm asking you, since you started 30 years ago? I suppose you've got more women involved, uh, more in clubs, you know, so there are a couple of clubs around Connacht who have women as chairpersons. Um, there are a couple where, that are coming through and will be presidents of their local clubs in um those are just kind of starting off now but it's it is it's becoming becoming more common um so the women aren't just the, the secretaries anymore they're they're moving to positions where they're where they're actually going to be presidents of their own clubs yeah i noticed actually i was just looking around at various ones and i noticed the same in munster came across club in munster that had a, a dolphin have i think a female president and gary owen have a female secretary so women you feel are definitely coming through mm. more in this level they are but i think a lot of it is down to women themselves you know i think there is still a reluctance for women to kind of push themselves forward at you know at, at this kind of level and there really is no reason, you know, not to, not to get involved and not to, not to, to move further than just the, the, the lower positions. How can we change that, Anne? I suppose it's more people like myself doing it. You know, as I said, like the, the publicity has been a bit overwhelming, but the one thing I've been trying to emphasize with, with all of the interviews that I'm doing is, look, you know, I came from a, originally from a small club in the west of Ireland, you know, um, so anybody, anybody can do it, you know, if you just kind of, if it's your, if it's your passion and if, if you're interested, then just stick with it and, and keep pushing. And what do you get from it? What is it that you enjoy from it? I just love the game itself. Um, I think in, in Connacht, it's, it's a very special club um, because it's small, you know, um, like originally Pat Lamb, when he, when he came, he involved all of the counties. So it wasn't just Galway and Mayo anymore. He brought everybody in and you've, you've got clubs now formed 
in places where you know where, where there never were before um so everybody buys into the whole idea of connacht now like when there's a connacht game on the whole province is engaged same like you can walk down shop street you can meet the players and you'll hear people you know calling them by their name and they'll stop for a chat and it's just more kind of an inclusive feeling in in connacht right and i think it's been easier to you know to, to get involved there and and to be part of the, the whole kind of family really and the, you've done something um i think that's unique down there uh, in relation to the division if you like you've you've sort of removed gender in an important way in in how you structure things haven't mm -hmm. you we have last season we decided that instead of having men's rugby which i suppose would have nearly taken priority over the years and women's rugby which would have been the poor relation. Um, we decided to just make it adult rugby. So the, you know, kind of, kind of rugby is now about adult rugby and not male and female. Now to kind of ease into that, what we did was we had regular women's forums up until COVID hit. We'd had two or three meetings where we brought in the representatives from the various clubs just so we could have a chat and see, okay, is this working, you know, is the idea of it just being adult rugby better than having it as a separate separate women's rugby forum? Um, are there any particular problems in the clubs that need to be addressed? And it was working really well um, because you gave it gave clubs the opportunity if they had any particular problems to kind of liaise with the the people from the other clubs, and it gave us a chance to kind of figure out figure out any any teasing problems in in feeding into the whole the whole idea of just adult rugby so it's, i don't it worked well it, it as an outsider i don't sorry for interrupting you. as an outsider i don't understand that now i know with a lot of provinces like they have a women's board and they have a women's board representative on their main board are you saying connacht have done mm -hmm. something different explain that to us what would have happened before is you would have had the say the domestic rugby forum which would have met um at the moment by bi-monthly uh, under the new governance but the women's rugby had a separate women's committee right and they just sent a representative then to to that whereas now women's rugby is on equal footing to men's and it's just adult rugby right so you don't have a women's committee in other words you don't have a separate committee so if, if you're meeting because you discuss everything in that within that yeah Right, exactly. okay, yeah. That yeah. is a difference, all right, from how the others are doing it. And and how will you know that's been a success, do you think? I suppose, um, you know, the fact that we had the kind of separate side women's forum, if you like, just to, to, to deal with any teething problems, any issues that they felt, you know, if the, the, you know, the women's clubs or the women's teams felt that they weren't given equal recognition we could deal with that there and feed it back into the main forum then. So as I say, we had we had, had a couple of meetings pre-COVID and hopefully we'll be able to go back to doing those by Zoom or Teams or, or something like that now that the once the season is kicking off again. But you you the, the I suppose the ideal is you won't be hearing about complaints, you won't be hearing did you did you follow the launch of the new Irish women's jersey and what did you think of the controversy over that? I did. I thought, you know, it would have been one thing if if it was the same treatment was given to the men's, you know. But I think, yeah, I mean that the, you know the fact that that models were used, you know, real women play rugby, you know, doesn't mean they're not 
they're, they're not glamorous. They don't have, have real lives as well. You know, I think they certainly should have, should have used the players. Um, and I noticed all of the provinces, well, I think, certainly, yeah, all of the provinces, I think, in the launch of their new jerseys, including you, had uh, female yeah. and male players alongside each other. They did. I think the lesson, the lesson was learned. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think the provinces would have done that anyway, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it was that, a, that 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 is the hope always that we wouldn't see it, and I and I think that's that's what's happening is that change is coming at provincial level, and it should influence yeah. national. Yeah. Um, yeah, you 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 do something extra as well. You're involved with World Rugby um, in terms of uh, as a legal advisor. Tell us about that. No, it's it's not a, a legal advisor as such. It's um, it's a disciplinary officer, if you like, at, at world rugby level. So it's the same, you know, the same idea, the red cards, all of that, that type of thing. And um, how would they? So initially, I had, sorry, I yeah, got involved initially with that, and then last last year there were, um, I think, four of us from Ireland were sent to the training with World Rugby. So we were over in Twickenham at the Sevens and we did uh, two days intensive training. And then we got to sit in on actual hearings at the Sevens tournament where, where there were red cards. So we're at, at, at this level, they're called judicial officers. It's, it's all legal people. And are there involved. many other women in this? There are lots, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think world, you, worldwide. I came across Yvonne Nolan. I think who used to play for Ireland, um, uh, and would would be known Noel right. there. I think she, she she's involved. I think she worked at the World Cup last year. Yes, she did indeed. Yeah, Yvonne was very involved. But there's loads of uh, there's loads of opportunities for uh, for fem female legal experts as well in this area, which is really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you get? Yeah. Did have you been to World Cups? No. Not as yet. Um, I, I had hoped next year, but again, New, New Zealand is a place I'd wanted to visit, but unfortunately, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what, what yeah, happens. Yeah, nobody knows at the moment where we're going no. to be or how things are going to happen. That's a challenging, I mean, apart from COVID, what are the challenges facing Conotropia at the moment? I think COVID is the main, the main challenge. Uh, I mean, we were... I think we're really coming into our own last season when when COVID hit. Um, you know, we've got a, we've got a good squad, good team. Um, it's 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 all working well in Connacht. Um, the board have managed the budget very well through the whole COVID thing. Obviously, everyone has had to take cuts, and and uh, there have been people lost. You know, through, throughout this. But main challenge is going to be to get get you know get games being played again live being able to allow spectators back in and start and, getting the, the revenues but and there's a big hope i mean you had got a big grant i think so are, is, are there big developments in terms of ground ground developments down there coming as well yeah i mean we had gotten the approval for the, the planning permission having granted for redeveloping the sports ground the funding was in place you know uh, between government and our own sourced funding every, everything was ready to go so again that's that's all still there. We're still still going ahead with that. But yeah, yeah, just when it's when it's every, everything so. depends on yeah when things reopen again. Um, do you yeah. feel um like there has been so much you know uh, in in the papers and the media about you getting the job? Do you feel an extra responsibility to women's rugby that you have to do it, or is that an unfair question? Because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't maybe ask it of a man in your position. 
like it's an unfair question. I mean, it's it's a, it's an obvious kind of question, if you like. Who's, uh, I'd hope that you know, being in a woman in a position like this and getting the getting the attention that it's gotten, that it will, I suppose, highlight the women's game a bit more, or you know, women in sport in general. Um, so yeah, any anything I can I I can do certainly that would promote that. I'm I'm happy to to row in behind. And and uh, and finally, what would be your advice to women who, like you, could have loads of expertise, could have loads to give to sport, yet sometimes don't don't step forward. I suppose don't be afraid to to step forward. And you know, certainly, I know uh, in Connacht there were a couple of of females who were asked to get involved at, at presidential level, you know, starting again kind of from, from junior vice president. And who came to me to say, look, you know, I've been asked this, what, you know, what should I do? What's involved? Talk to somebody, you know, talk to somebody in positions like this if you're not sure, if you're interested in getting involved, put your name in there, you know, just contact whoever it is, whether it's your club or your province, and just say, look, you know, you'd love to get involved. There's always positions available. Um, I know certainly in Connacht because we have the new governance structure, positions are advertised. You know, mm. we've got we've got female chairs of different committees at the moment. So don't be afraid to get involved, you know, put your name forward, give it your best shot, and hopefully we'll we'll see more women involved. Yeah, and talking to somebody I think is great advice. Don't be afraid to ask somebody else who's done it ahead of you to see what their advice is as well. Um, unfortunately, we lost the great Ruth Bader Gator Binsberg this week, um, mm. uh, whose whose work as a Supreme Court judge and, and in the law in America, you'd be very you'd be very familiar with, I'm sure. One of her quotes was, "Women belong in all places where decisions are made. It shouldn't be the women that it shouldn't be that women are the exception." Yeah, exactly. Well, you you are the exception. <laughs> you are you are the mold breaker this time, Anne. So many congratulations again, um, and we hope that many more follow you. I think that's the most important thing. Thanks so much for joining us on Off the Bench. Thanks very much, Kleena. And thanks again to our listeners. Um, as I said, you can find all our previous episodes on uh, iTunes, wherever you get your uh, podcasts usually, but also on Off the Ball on the app there, you'll get a link to our previous episode. So pass on the word um, and enjoy uh, the listening. Thanks very much again, Anne. No problem at all. Thanks, Cleda. The Off the Ball Podcast Network.